Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Lovecast. I'm here with Jordan. We are going to be playing a little game of perfect player pairings. This is a game where we are going to take random players and put them on teams that we think they would be completely perfect for. These are players that we just think that we could see being a great fit on another team. And we didn't include any like um, really, really good players because I argue that they bring a whole different mentality to their team. And the reason I'm plucking players to put with them is because they fit well with the main guy. So for instance, we're not going to like move Jokic or Giannis or LeBron because I think they're good where they're at. So um, starting off, Jordan, who's your first player that you would like to see that you wish you could put on a different team? Yeah, so this one is actually not completely far-fetched. It could potentially happen, but I, I want to see Rudy Gobert on the Brooklyn Nets. Well, I don't want to see Whoa. that because I'm a Celts fan. I don't want to see that, but that would be a perfect fit for Rudy Gobert. Obviously, the Nets suck on defense. Uh, Drummond is all right at center, but they obviously, obviously could use an upgrade there. Rudy would just anchor their defense in the middle, completely change it. Um would take them from a, a terrible defensive team to at least an above average team, I think. Uh, and I don't think Rudy would work on the court with Ben Simmons, but I think the way they get Rudy is a straight up Simmons for Rudy trade. And I think the Nets, I, I would do that if I were the Nets and I would do that if I were the Jazz. No so shit, I could do that if you're the Nets. <laughs> what? No shit. You do that with the net. If you're the Nets, it's the Jazz that wouldn't do that. I don't know. They need to get rid of Rudy, dude. They, he has to go. There's a lot better packages out there for Rudy. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, the only thing, like, Rudy could screw up spacing a little bit, but I think anywhere you put Rudy, he's going to screw up spacing. So on a team with KD, Kyrie, Joe Harris, and Seth Curry, I think that's just an absolutely perfect fit. Yeah, so I actually really like that fit. That's a good pick. Um, we're not making these, like, based off of trade logic, though. We're just going to... I'm just putting that out there. So, guys, we know that these are far-fetched. These are just, like, as NBA fans, these are what we want to see. But that's a great pick. The Im imagine, like, you cut through your first line of defense, and then it's KD and fucking Rudy Gobert <laughs> yeah. on the second line. And they're like, all right, go ahead, shoot. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah take a layup. Yeah, take a layup. Why don't you try it? <laughs> like, I, it's not – it's such a – oh, man, I really like that pick. I also had Rudy Gobert, um, but I had him going to Dallas. Uh, he – I love him, like – offensively he gives nothing not nothing but not much and he's gonna leave the offense to Luca. Luca will get him open lobs and different little like throw-ins to the post and he's not great in the post but he's gonna get his from Luca. it doesn't matter because Luca is the offense in Dallas and um I just love he anchors the defense in Dallas they they build their defense around him start from scratch not start from scratch but they're gonna need to they're gonna need to make some changes to um, optimize Luca and what he's going to do because they have a real talent there. He's a superstar. He's going to be one of the best players in the league, if not the best, and they need to build around him. And I think Rudy Gobert is a great way in doing that. Um, my next pick though, or my first pick was um, Donovan Mitchell on the heat. What are your thoughts on that, Jordan? Uh, I think it's a perfect fit. I have uh, another guy that I would like to see even more on the heat, but yeah, I mean, Donovan's a great fit, too. You can talk about Donovan. Yeah, I think um, what Donovan lacks the most is, I guess, I want to say discipline, because he takes some crazy shots. He takes some bad shots. And I think he's just been allowed to do whatever he wants in Miami, or not Miami, in Utah, because he was the guy there. Um, they have a great coaching staff there. And Utah had a great infrastructure to begin with, but that's been chipped away. Um, the team's kind of fallen apart. And 
I just really like um, uh, Donovan going to Miami and getting the guidance from those tough players like that because he definitely has that Miami heat. Like he's, I hate heat culture, or no, I don't hate it, but I hate like that term because it's thrown around way too much. But he definitely is a heat culture guy to me, I guess. Yeah. So the guy that I want to see on the heat that I think would be a perfect fit is Bradley Beal. And it's for similar reasons uh, that you have Donovan, like the heat need a second star. They clearly don't have enough explosiveness on offense, not enough scoring. scoring. Yeah. They just, they just need a guy who can get buckets. So Beal or Donovan is going to give you that. Um, Either one of those guys takes the weight off of Jimmy's shoulders. The reason I like Beal better than Donovan is he's not ball dominant at all. And I think you can just plug him right into a, a, a system like the Heat have. Like, the Heat run a lot of sets. Um, and it's it's a lot of screening, a lot of movement, stuff like that. I think Beal fits really well into that system. And I think he's just a little bit more polished uh, than Donovan offensively. Um, he is. But I, I, I could see, like, the Heat with Bradley Beal might be the title favorite. They, like, they would have no weaknesses at that point. Yeah. Um, and it would be, like say that's the Kyle Lowry spot not that I mean it would be interesting for them to get him but like say he like ideally in this scenario we're we're kicking Kyle Lowry away and we're putting Bradley Brad Beal in yeah that's disgusting that's just the <laughs> scariest team ever yeah. um all right my next player was Miles Turner um I like him on the Hornets that would be so fun with LaMelo just a lot of lob threats a lot of good shooting not a lot of defense they're gonna need to fix that end but I I just like that as a little pick. Um, I think that's been going. There's been rumors about that for a really long time. Is and, he still young? How do you know how old he is? He, I don't. I was just gonna say I don't think he's very young anymore. I think yeah, he's like thirty. I, I, I want to say he's like, no, he can't be thirty. Uh, let's look at it. Probably twenty eight. Miles Turner age. He's been in the league for a while, and he is. Oh, he's twenty six. He's only twenty six. Oh yeah, dude. Throw him on Charlotte. Oh yeah, <laughs> throw him on Charlotte. Let let him grow together with Lamelo. They could they could I also could see him on the Warriors. Look at Kevon Looney on the Warriors, and he's playing, like, decently, and they're, like, running through the league. Imagine if they had an actual, like, real talented big man like Miles Turner. They they would just be so good. Yeah. What's your next guy? Uh, My next guy, um, as a Celtics fan, I love this. Malcolm Brogdon on the Celtics. Oh, love it. Love it. (laughs) Uh, The main thing we've been saying this whole playoff run this whole year, the Celtics need another ball handler um, and another playmaker. And Brogdon's also great on defense, so you can plug him right in. Uh, he fits right in with the you know best defense in the league. He's also he's solid off the ball. He he's not he doesn't need the ball to be effective. He can shoot well enough. He attacks the basket well. Um, just you know doesn't need to dribble for long periods of time. And I think like like just imagine this starting lineup: just Marcus Smart, <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, Jason, oh. and Robert Williams. Tell me who's scoring over sixty points on that team. Like oh. <laughs> that would just be such a good defensive team. And then he also helps on offense. Cause he's going to make plays yeah. and he's going to hit shots too. Dude. I had some Celtics players. Um, I had two. Okay. So first is Lonzo ball. Now the Celtics biggest weakness is we can't dribble and we get stagnant on offense. Insert Lonzo ball, <laughs> great dribbler, beautiful shooter. And best of all, I think of him as like a, um, you know, when you look at a hose and it's got like that connector piece that just brings off three that turns the hose into three faucets, mm-hmm. that piece is Lonzo Ball, bro. <laughs> he is so freaking good, dude. He just he's going to facilitate and help everyone get theirs. The problem is that's going to revert Marcus Smart 
from the Marcus Smart of this season. It's going to have to actually bring him back to the Marcus Smart that shot a ton, I think, because he's going to come in for and take over the ball handling and and um, what's it called, uh, facilitating duties. But yeah. I love Lonzo Ball in the Celtics. It would outdoor. it would fit well enough because Lonzo can shoot now too. So oh yeah. Like Smart and Lonzo could both make plays and, and no, it would fit. It, what would yeah, it would fit is um what I'm saying is like Smart has to kind of go back to like last yeah. year where he just shoots more, but mentally be the same. So it'll be fine. And then my second guy is Mo Bamba on either the Spurs or the Celtics. And I love the idea of Mo Bamba coming off the bench for like Robert Williams, dude, instead of Tice. And Tice, I want him to stay. I want him to go back and be like our third guy off, or like our third big off the bench or whatever, dude. The length and the def- the defense that he provides is insane. I would love that. Yeah, I I, I would love Mobamba on the Celtics. We've never had a guy like of he's that only, size, <laughs> dude. He's only well, we've had Taco Fall, but he's well, only. Yeah, I know what you're saying. The only reason he is so stunted right now is because Steve Clifford. Yeah, I think that's still him, but he didn't play uh, Mo ever. I know. So. <laughs> That's why, like he, I think he's still a talent, and he's still he's still a size. Like you can't take that away from him. He would also just be so fun as a Celtics fan to like just to root for. I would just so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Jordan, do you have any more? Yeah, I have one more. Uh, the Lakers, Buddy Healed. Uh, I said like long, or not long ago, but before they got Westbrook, I said they should get Buddy Healed because. Uh, and we saw like this year, they desperately need shooting, but he's obviously one of the best shooters in the league. He's not ball dominant at all. Like Westbrook. So he's not going to screw up your offense. He's going to fit right in. Um, and LeBron loves to play with guys that are just straight up snipers on offense. It, you know, lets LeBron control the offense, drive and kick and buddy, Buddy's also good enough that like he can take over games if he gets hot. And I just think he would be the perfect third option after Braun and AD, I think they would probably also be title favorites um, with Braun, AD and Buddy if they could just stay healthy. Really? But, yeah, I don't agree. I don't agree with them being title favorites after that. I, I think that. I think they wouldn't be title favorites because everyone would question the health of the team. But if that team stayed healthy through the playoffs, I think they they could be. I don't know. I don't think they I think they lack the personnel. And then like they also because around it is still a bad team like that yeah. you have three good players but there are better built teams out there that have been better together also buddy healed doesn't provide that a ton defensively he's yeah. good i like him i love this pick and i love him on the lakers i think it's like perfect i just don't think it makes him title favorites yeah maybe favorites. not they, they would still have to um get other like role players um yeah fill get, it out a little bit yeah fill but it out on but... the team as is plucking buddy healed and putting it on this team i don't know i, I don't yeah. think it makes that's that's favorites. probably true yeah yeah Okay, well, I have a bunch, not a bunch more, but I have a couple more, and we're just going to run through them, and I want to see your reactions and, like, what we think. So the first one, Chet Holmgren on the Thunder. Obvious, Uh, yeah. Dude, it's so beautiful. And then I have another Thunder one, DeMontis Sabonis on the Thunder. Well, if they draft draft Chet. Go back. Yeah, if they they draft Chet, not necessary, but say say they don't draft Chet, uh, bring Sabonis home, baby. Or... I uh, know it's too much. It's just too much like to have Shea, uh, Pokashevsky, um, what's his face, uh, Sabonis, and um, others. Oh, Chet and Chet. That would be a crazy giddy. and giddy. Oh my god, dude, that's a huge team. That would be the biggest team in the NBA, but I don't know. No, it's too much offense, not enough defense. But it, just imagine throwing that out like the average 
you have like a six six shooting guard, six eight point guard, yeah, seven one um whatever Chet is, and then <laughs> whatever six ten Sabonis, and then Poku's seven something or six something, right? Yeah, like oh length, dude. Um, my next one is Chris Paul and the Bucks. This is a Ryan Rosillo favorite. He's been talking about it a lot, and I absolutely love it. Dude, so is, they would just be OP. Like, that wouldn't be fair. Oh, so good, dude. Um, I would <clears> – <throat> he just, again, like, just facilitating to everyone, just completely manning the off. It would it would. Him be and Giannis pick and roll would be live in my nightmares. Yeah, I know. The only thing is, like, Drew – it would just be interesting to see how it works with Drew. Not even, like, like it's bad. It just is going to be interesting. Like, I just would love to see how they – handle it but that yeah. chris paul performance who knows what that was showing us <laughs> i'm thinking that was a fluke because that was the craziest thing i've ever seen you know in the playoffs like the great loss wise like that was that was one of the that was the worst game seven loss right like yeah but it's different when you when you give him Giannis yeah. and middleton oh, yeah yeah <laughs> <Pass> exactly <clears throat> yeah. exactly um so next one is deandre Ayton on toronto um Dude, a lineup of OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, DeAndre Ayton, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Blanbleet. Blanbleet. That's is that five or six? That's that's a lot of P players, but those are like your big five or six players. Like, oh, yeah. Thoughts on that? Yeah, Tim that's Birch, uh, Tim Birch. Uh, everyone other than Van Vliet, I think, is a really really good defender. Dude, but so. they're also all like six eight. Yeah, it's super long. Um, teams would definitely struggle to shoot well against them. Yeah, there's another guy. There's a bunch of guys on that team that I'm missing. Um, and then I got Jose Alvarado on the Warriors. What are your thoughts on that one? Just because he I, runs around constantly. I I don't. Perfect. I don't know if he would play. Like, <laughs> they, they, the no, Warriors he would play, dude. Loaded. They would, dude. They they would. He's totally a warrior. He runs around. If you watch him, dude, he just runs around the entire game. That's I guess all he would the play over, offenses. I guess he'd play over Moses Moody. Yeah. But even that, it's like he wouldn't get a lot of minutes. But, yeah, like I'm sure I mean, he would fit yeah. right in. He would, yeah. I, I think – no, I think the Warriors have a history of taking – dude, He's he's got like a kind of a weird backstory to the NBA. Like he's yeah. totally a warrior, like a G League. I, I think he spent some time in the G League. He was either G League or a second-round pick. I can't remember. But he was like not expected to be much, and then he's he was really good for the Pelicans. So, um, oh oh, I guess I had Siakam going to the Heat, which I like. I just didn't mention it when we were talking about the <laughs> that. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, he's totally a Heat player. Uh, the length and scoring and unselfish. Yeah, the length scoring and defense that he provides as well is just yeah. beautiful. And then this is this one's this one's my favorite. I think this one I think could change the face of the NBA. Um, for the better, Russell Westbrook on the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like Westbrook where he is <laughs> as a Celtics fan. I love it. I think he should retire a Laker, and I think he's a Laker um, at heart, really. So yeah, I, I it's either Westbrook on the Lakers, but it would just be fun to have him on the next on the Knicks. Um, he like he just I don't know. He he. I think he Westbrook likes the prime time. <laughs> Westbrook on the Knicks would bring him him back to where he's most comfortable, which is a uh, a bad team where he can just throw up numbers and lose games. Yeah. I think that would be great fit for him. I feel I would feel so bad for Knicks fans. They deserve <laughs> see. Okay, when the Knicks are good, the NBA is fun as well. So like, I agree. I, I yeah. want I want the Knicks to be fun. I just don't like the Lakers, so I love them on the Lakers. But I, I just thought it'd be funny to throw him on the Knicks because he's been <laughs> they wanted him so bad when he was good, but now oh yeah oh. 
Ugh. But this was such a fun segment. Um, we're going to be having more stuff like this more often. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Okay, we are here now, joined by uh, the Gambling Couch podcast members, Feig and Butsy. We're going to talk about our AFC East predictions. Uh, we're going to give you guys all our predictions for their records and talk about it. Uh, maybe talk about some certain games in specific. So, uh, Feig, you want to start us off? You want to just run down uh, what you're thinking so far with the AFC East? So, for my um, – what I have for the – predictions for the standings i have the bills 13 and 4 pats 9 and 8 dolphins 7 and 10 jets 6 and 11 um just looking at it i mean obviously it looks like the bills kind of control the division um a lot of tough patriot games i don't really know how the team's going to show out this year and speaking just on the dolphins and Jets, uh, I just don't really know if I believe in some of the things going on there, like quarterback situation, Dolphins, and the Jets. I just don't know if they're uh, ready yet to take the next step, and I don't know if I believe in the coach. So my my records, I'm going Bills 13-4 and four in first. I have Dolphins at 9-8, and eight, second. Pats 8-9, and nine, and then the Jets 7-10. and 10. Uh, I have the... Bills going 14 and three in first. I have the Dolphins second going 10 and seven. Third Pats going seven and 10. And then Jets going six and 11. I have the Bills one, 14 and three. Um, the Jets and, or sorry, the Pats two, nine and eight. Um, and then the Dolphins and the Jets tied for seven and at, or for three and four at seven and 10. Okay. So, Fog, I'm curious um, what's, your, what's your concern about with the Dolphins? Um, I don't know if, uh, Tua will be the, the guy, um, I, agree. I know there's a lot of questions about him. Uh, they had a really interesting off season, pretty much like revamped the O-line. They got Teron Armstead, they added Tyreek Hill, and they pretty much have almost like a whole new room of running backs uh-huh. with Edmonds, Sony Michelle and Raheem Mostert. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up pulling away from that group. But I just don't know if. Tua is a dynamic enough quarterback given, you know, Mike McDaniel is a new coach and just a lot of moving parts. Um, and I saw their schedule. It also looked really tough. I know that when the Patriots and the Dolphins are like paired together and a lot of like records, but one of the things that like with the Patriots is I know I can, they'll get those couple wins against the Jets. Like I know the teams that they need to take care of, they tend to take care of. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you about the Pats. Um, the Dolphins, though, they were – what did you have, Matt? I had them at 7 and 10. Yeah, so, see, like, they were 9 and 8 last year, I, and I think they got better. I know they have a tougher schedule, but I think uh, Tyreek is going to help Tua. I know Tua might not be your your franchise, but he he can be a guy that you get wins with. I, I can see them, you know, getting to nine wins pretty – pretty easily especially as they did that last year and now they add Tyreek Mostert Edmonds and hopefully Tua can play a little better so yeah what what do you got, uh, other guys think well I agree with Feig I had him at seven and ten as well and dude their first game is versus the Pats at the Ravens versus the Bills and then at the Bengals those are a tough couple of games and I also don't I'm not a huge Tua fan at all I really don't believe in him and the quarterback is your most important position. So that's why I had them lower. I just really don't believe in Tua. And I think that they're probably going to, because they've um, 
wasted a pick on him. They're they're gonna have to put in more time on him, so they might not make the change at quarterback wait like uh, as quick as they should, and th- that's gonna lose them a couple of games, I think. I'm a fan of Tua, honestly, um, and I also don't think that the t- offense as a whole should struggle in general. I think they're going to be able to put up points. Um, you know, when you look at their schedule, they're going to beat New England and, you know, uh, as their home opener, New England can never win in Miami. It's like a fucking yearly thing where we just blow, uh, blow dick in Miami. But uh, no, they have a pretty, pretty tough schedule. They have a really tough back half of the schedule. Uh, they're at they go they go to the Niners. Uh, to the Chargers, to Buffalo three weeks in a row. That sucks. Home against Green Bay, uh, at New England, and home against the Jets to finish. So, you know, I think they can just scrap to 10 wins. I think their offense is good enough to get them to 10 wins. Um, you know, Tuish really shouldn't be able to – shouldn't struggle with Waddle and Tyreek. Um, you know, like I know a lot of analysts were saying, this is a big opportunity for Tua to see whether he can throw the deep ball or not, and he's going to have opportunities, obviously, with Tyreek. So if he can uh, – him and Tyreek can link up on a lot of deep balls – um, and then Waddle can just kill, uh, kill teams across the middle. I don't see why this team can't get to 10 wins. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree more with Butsy there, but the, the Dolphins are in a super interesting spot. Uh, let's, let's move on now, and it seems like we're all in agreement with the Bills, either 14-3 and three or 13-4. and four, They're going to win the division easily, but let's talk about the Pats a little bit. Um, I have them at 8-9. and nine. They they signed Devontae Parker, which I'm a fan of because we really need some someone who can get separation uh, in the receiver room. And then they brought back Malcolm Butler, which doesn't sound like it's a whole lot, but I think he's going to play a lot better uh, this year than than he than he has away from the Patriots. He just seems to play better in our system with Belichick. And I'm going eight and nine, so I don't know. I, I, losing J.C. Jackson really sucks. Hopefully Malcolm can try to help our secondary, but we're going to, I think it's going to be a tough year uh, defensively. And then offensively, Mac Jones is obviously not the most electrifying player, but you know, he gets the job done and, and we're, we're going to need, we just need more talent uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So I see us at eight and nine. What do you guys think? Uh, Similar to the Dolphins schedule, the Patriots have a ridiculous, tough, uh, ridiculous, ridiculously tough second half of the schedule. Sorry. Uh, we go to Minnesota. We play the Bills at home. We go to Arizona. We go to Las Vegas, and then we're home against the Bengals. That's all in like a five five week stretch. Um, and I have them losing all five of those games because I don't think that this offense is high powered enough to keep up with the pace of these teams. Uh, I think the Bills obviously are the Bills. I think we're just going to lose both uh, both to the Bills this year. But you know the car, uh, the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Bengals. They're all fucking phenomenal teams. Um, and then we play at Buffalo on the last last game of the season, which I have as a loss as well. So, you know, early in the season, I don't see a lot of struggles. We play the Lions, Browns, uh, Bears, Jets, Colts, so and, and the Steelers as well. But it's just that I don't really have a lot of faith in this team. Um, I don't really have a lot of faith that we're going to be able to consistently put up wins and get on like a get, a, get on like a good run uh, throughout the, throughout any point in the season. I think you guys are undervaluing uh, Cole Strange. Oh, <laughs> low blow. <laughs> Sorry. I just want to chuck that in there. You know, Knoxville, Tennessee native, so shout out. But uh, yeah, you know, you never know. Could have a Logan Mankins on that on the on the squad. You know, he, he could be. Yeah. Could be. You never know. What do you think, Fog? Um, I think like, I'm more concerned with the defense and the offense. Honestly, I just. Yeah. I mean, that playoff game against the Bills really highlighted a lot of stuff that had been going on when 
facing some of the better offenses in the league, and they're just not fast, like, on that side of the ball. So, um, you know, they normally tend to take care of the opponents they should, but I just don't really see a ceiling with this team. They get, If they get to 10 wins, like, last year, I'd be really surprised. Um, they just face a lot more loaded rosters than what they have. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about um, what were what were some of the games you guys struggled with? Because there were a couple. Does anyone have one that they like yeah. flip back and forth with? <clears throat> um, I had one uh, like what was it? Uh, at Cleveland um, oh, for the Pats. Yeah, I think they're going to win that one. But um, I don't know. I just could see it being a weird game that they just lose for some reason. Like, I yeah, don't know that they had. They have a couple of those games where they go in and you think they're gonna win and they might not be like yeah maybe they're they even come in as the as the dog and then Deshaun might Deshaun might not even be playing so yeah that's why Anything... I was confused on it because mm. I don't know if he's in I think uh, uh with with no Deshaun the Pats will take care of him um I don't know what's gonna happen with Deshaun that I, I bet I, I don't think he'll be playing uh no, I week. don't think so he but, got another um, suit as well. He got another suit yesterday filed against him. So there yeah. could be a whole other thing going the, on. The the biggest one I struggled with was the Cardinals. Um I don't know. The they're just like they seem like First the Patriots. Out. Yeah. What do you think, Fag? What did you um have? I had them as a win actually on that game. Uh the Cardinals are one of those teams that tend to like kind of fall off. Yeah. Um as teams as they as the season progresses and not saying that, you know, the Patriot teams typically tend to play well towards the end. Uh, last year they didn't, but it was also, like, post-Brady era. So I could see the Patriots taking this game. I know two years ago they beat the Cardinals um, back when they had Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins, so they were still under the under it. But for me, the toughest game was um, when they go to Las Vegas on Sunday Night Football um, uh, I had them losing this one. Normally Belichick doesn't always lose the predecessor or, you know, guys that are predecessors, but, uh, or the apprentice rather, but I don't know. I just think the Raiders just have too much, too much offense. Uh, I think that you can only scheme up so much when you face teams that are much more talented than you. Yeah, I agree that that Raiders team is loaded. And I, I have that as a loss for the Pats too. And it's mainly because by that point in the season, I think the Raiders are going to start to click a little bit. Um, and yeah, that's going to be a crazy hyped up game with uh, Josh McDaniels coaching. But Josh I also Lee. have I also have um, the Pats losing to the Cardinals, which uh, I don't. I went back and forth on that a lot because the Cards like they can be amazing or they could be totally awful, and Belichick can take advantage. But that's the one I struggled with. Butsy, did you have anything? Yeah, I was going to say the ones that I struggled with the most, honestly, were just the division games, mainly, obviously, just against the uh, Dolphins and the Bills. You know, when the, when the Patriots see a team a second time around in a season, they usually put up a much better performance. Belichick usually schemes much better uh, with all of the data and, you know, all of the film that he's seen throughout the whole season and against what they did against Patriots the first time. So, you know, the season ends with Dolphins at, at home and then in Buffalo, you know, it's I struggle with those two games because I think the Dolphins are a better team than the Patriots, but I could see them scrapping out a win at home uh, against the Dolphins to close up the season. And then at Buffalo, I don't think we have a, 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 you know, a fight in this game, but it's just 
the division games are always so tough, especially in this division. Um, I think we're going to take care of the Jets, but it's just one of those things where, you know, the Patriots could come out and win like a 13 to 10 game against the Bills. Um, and then also, you know, could come out and fucking get spanked by 40 because they're obviously a far superior team. So those division games, uh, especially in the AFC East, are just are just are just tough for all the teams, but specifically the Patriots because of how they tend to play the division where they put up a much better performance the second time after seeing a team uh, all season. Yeah, and on that point, like this division has, you know, while we had Brady was basically dominated by the Pats and the three other teams stunk, it's very different this year. I Obviously, the Bills are runaway favorites, but after the Bills, like the Jets, Pats, and Dolphins, I could see any one of those teams um, coming in second. The Jets, I know we we all think are going to come in last, but they do they, they did add a lot of talent, and like I don't think it would be a complete shock to see them uh, put together a season and beat out the, the Pats and Dolphins for the second spot. I've seen a lot of people that have been really high on the Jets, um, and I get it, but you're putting a lot of faith in Zach Wilson at QB. I mean, the guy just, you know, had flashes last year where he put up four picks a game, and it was actually pretty consistent with double-digit – or not double-digit picks, with multiple picks in uh, pretty much in every game. So I think that's just a lot of faith to put in Zach Wilson. I know they got better as a team. They have a phenomenal draft, but – I just don't see them being like contenders against the Patriots just because Bill's a far superior coach. And I don't see them uh, being able to match up talent wise against any of these other teams in the division. Uh, I think another thing too, with the jets and I know like some people are high on Zach Wilson and some people do enjoy uh, Robert Sala as the coach. I don't really like either of them. Um, I'm not a huge uh, Zach Wilson guy myself. I just, I don't know. I feel like he's a little loose with the football. And then Robert Sala, I feel like a lot of those defenses he had with the Niners were like controlled by like really, really great fronts. And I don't know how like responsible he was uh, for how good those defenses were. And the Jets defense last year as a defensive guy was really, really bad. So I just like, I don't know. I'm just not really buying the Jets. I think yeah. that they got to get rid of the coach. Go ahead. Buster. I completely, I completely agree. I wish I just want to move on and talk about the team that's the most exciting in this division by far, uh, in the buff in, in the Buffalo Bills. They got a really fucking good chance to win the Super Bowl this year, and if they really want to lock up this one seed in the AFC, they really got to take care of these divisional opponents. Uh, their schedule isn't terrible. I thought it was actually pretty light uh, for a schedule this year. They're playing. Um, their toughest game is obviously Week One against the Rams. I have that as a win Great game. I have them opening up as a win against the Rams. I have them going 14 and three. I gave them a loss in Miami in week three. Um, but, you know, they could obviously win that game. I just think that Miami can come out and smack them while the Bills aren't in midseason form yet. I have them also losing in Kansas City uh, week six. And then finally, Monday Night Football in Cincinnati, I have them losing that game. But besides that, their schedule is pretty light. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, who isn't obviously the Green Bay of all without Devontae, Minnesota, Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago. It's it's a pretty light schedule. So I think that the Bills should be able to take care of business throughout the entire season. If they can just take care of those divisional games, I think they have the one, uh, one seed in the AFC uh, AFC locked up for sure. Yeah, I, I had the Bills 13 and four and I have losses in different spots than you, but I it's like it's impossible to predict game by game. I have them losing to the Packers just because it's on a short week. It's Thursday night in, um, or no, that's, that's a home game for them, but still a short week uh, coming off a, a chiefs game. 
I have them losing that one. Then I have them losing to the Ravens too. But yeah, they're just absolutely loaded. They also uh, brought in Von Miller and completely like rebuilt their D line. So they are scary as fuck. I, I would have them probably as my Super Bowl favorite right now. By the way, they do have a week off between the Kansas City and Green Bay games. Oh, they do. They have a bye. Their weeks, uh, their week seven is their bye week. They play Kansas okay. City week six and then come back uh, and play Green Bay on Sunday Night Football after a bye week. But no, I think to, uh, to your point, Jordan, they're a fucking scary team. They're the scariest team, I think, in the league right now. I think that they're a Super Bowl favorite, and I think they're my Super Bowl favorite, too. They just have literally everything you could want in a team. They have a great coach. They have a likable coach. They have a player's coach. They have someone that uh, can obviously sling the football to every inch of the field in Josh Allen. They have a phenomenal defense, phenomenal secondary. I think that the Bills should be the Super Bowl favorite, and I don't really see anybody in the AFC kind of stopping them. I don't think the Bengals are going to have as good of a season as last year. And I just think that the Bills can take care of business in the AFC. Yeah. Um, so overall, I think, you know, AFC East, it's going to be pretty interesting. After the Bills, obviously, we're going to see three teams battling it out. Um, uh, obviously, a Jets roster that not everyone believes in, but it's it's the best Jets roster we've seen in a long time. So uh, pretty soon we're going to give you guys our AFC North predictions, and we'll do the same thing for that division, and, and we'll keep going from there. Um, in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, we'll be right back. We are going to now talk about some risers and fallers within the MLB uh, in terms of the teams. And uh, I'm, I'm very self-aware when it comes to my knowledge of sports and I'll be the first to admit, I don't know baseball at all. I, I'd never watch it, but what I do do is I bet it a lot. And so do do. I'm going to, I did say that. Yeah. I'm going to throw out some teams and we're going to have our baseball experts tell me, um, what these teams are like in real life and not just in terms of betting. So the Toronto Blue Jays just seem to win me bets every single time I bet on them. Uh, Andrew, talk to me about them. Are they a good team or am I just getting hot? Uh, I do think the Blue Jays are a solid team. They can take that next step if they start like swinging it like they really can. They're one of the best hitting teams last year. Um, but they've been pitching better and if they can pitch, that's like the biggest thing with them. Uh, I think if they get a left-handed bat, they could be near the top in the AL. All right. All right. That, that sounds good. Um, so I'm going to continue to bet on them for the rest of the season. Hopefully they keep treating me well. And then the team that I just can't hit a bet on is the White Sox. I, I think they're on the no bet list mm. at this point. We put them on last night. They're definitely <laughs> on the no bet list after that debacle. And, and it's another, funny because it's, team. it's funny because they play the Blue Jays tonight too. Oh well. Oh you know, shit. Oh, yeah. oh god. Hold on. Gonna, well, Chicago's yeah, throwing Kopech, who's one and one with the one two nine. So he's pretty damn good. Ryu for the uh, for the Jays two and zero oh with a five four eight. But Jays are minus one thirty five on the money line. So it's kind of inviting. It's kind of inviting based off of what we've been just what we yeah, just I talked mean, about. Obviously, I'm throwing money down on that. I'm but, putting um, some money down as well. <laughs> but right. Butsy, give me a uh, give me a riser in the MLB. Listen, one of my risers that I'm very hot on and have kind of been flying under the radar, I think, in the MLB scene, just, you know, in sports talk in general, are the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, they're sneaky 32 and 19. They have great pitching, um, great hitting, too. Their bats have been hitting the ball well, but they've just been finding ways to win games. And they've been making people a lot of money, too. But I know this really isn't the betting segment, but it's true. They're 32 and 19. I know they were expected to be pretty decent, but I don't think this good. You know, this is a pretty hot start for them. I'm um, very high on the Brewers right now. 
Uh, okay, nice. Uh, love to hear that about the Brewers. Um, Max, do you have do you have a riser or a follower you want to share? Yeah, JD, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know shit about baseball. <laughs> um, so my my betting, like I bet baseball now, and it's purely off of tailing Feig because he's been making me some money. And anyways, um, I like the Yankees. No, no, I don't like the Yankees, but I bet the Yankees a lot, and they have been working for me. So I know they're not technically a riser because they were expected to be good anyways, but they're they're living up to it and I like betting them. Um, they've been making me some money. So yeah, same boat as you. I, I don't know shit. And then a faller. Um, I had unfortunately the white Sox as well. And I don't want to say the second one, but it, it is the red Sox. And I know that is probably off on look, the red Sox a bad right look now. for me off on the red Sox. I know. And I know it's a bad look for me to at being from Boston, taking the Yankees as a riser and the Sox as a faller. I'm sure that'll stir some drama, but I apologize. I don't know shit about baseball. This is just going off of pure betting. Yeah, <laughs> so the, Re- the Red Sox have been like decent within the last month. I know story just had a fucking historic month. He hit the ball uh, phenomenally, hit, hit the ball better than anyone in the league. Their pitching has been decent. Um, it's been top 10. Their bats have just been really streaky. Their bats got off to a really shitty fucking start. Uh, we weren't able to put up runs in any in any game. And then we just, in the month of May, just absolutely went on a tear. We were really negative. Now we're 23 and 17. We just dropped that game to the Reds last night. I was putting up one run after holding them to two and the two runs they scored were on error. So that was kind of pain. But, you know, the Sox are just a team that I think could get hot at any moment. And I think if they can continue to just string together wins where they just consistently put up, you know, five to six runs a game, they've been having games, they put up no runs and then games where they put up 13 runs on like back-to-back nights. And so if they can just get a little more consistent with their bats, their pitching has been better than I think people have expected it to be. You know, we still, we're still getting sale back at some point. So that'll be obviously an amazing addition to the bullpen, but you know, of all these uh, pitching very well, Whitlock's been great. Pavetta has been pitching phenomenally the past two games or his past two starts. So I think if the Sox bats can just continually put up, you know, five or six runs, I think the pitching can take care of the rest and we can go on a little bit of run, probably turn the season around hopefully this month. Hey, one thing I know is that the closer and closer we get to playoff baseball, the more the Sox figure it out and make a run. So there you go. Um, JD, are you, do you have a team? What, what do you mean? Like, do you have a, a baseball team? Are yeah. The Red Sox. You, you're a Sox fan. Oh yeah. New England all the way. Auto, auto, auto right. Sox. Auto. Fan. auto yeah. I th- well, I'm an auto Sox fan too. And I'll give you, I was just going to say, I did try watching them this year and I did not like, a story struck out like every single time I watched them and I kept getting really frustrated <laughs> with that. And then Devers was not uh, hitting well when I was, whenever I was watching. As well. It's weird because he's literally hitting the ball, arguably like top, top of the league right now. I think he leads right the league. In so hard, this was, I think he, I think he leads the league in a hard hit balls. He's batting above 300. I think right now, something like 325 or somewhere around there. So no Devers it's weird because I feel like when I watch him too, they just haven't been, hitting the ball great and then i look at the numbers yeah. and the numbers are the numbers have been pretty Telling solid a different so. story yeah yeah um honestly with the socks i don't know uh i don't know if this is this is able to be turned around um their hitting has been really really inconsistent and they've got some guys coming up they're gonna have to pay devers soon bogarts is an opt-out after this year a lot of people say he's probably gonna leave jd martinez is a free agent I honestly think it's best in their best interest to end up trading at the trade deadline, um, try to recoup some assets so you have a quick turnaround. But, you know, this is a big market. They're going to try to push it till the very, very end and as long as they can. But 
I just don't know if their pitching will be able to hold the fort long enough for the hitting to get on track. And there's just maybe one of those years where they just don't hit as well as they normally do. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see uh, what they do at the deadline and see if they can figure it out. But, um, Fai, do you have a, a riser that you had? Uh, one of my risers I had was the uh, San Francisco Giants. I think they're starting to get a little healthier. They won a series against the Mets. They just won a series against the Phillies. Um, I do think, even though they lost two or three to the Reds, I think they're starting to get healthier. The Giants are just one of those teams that are always going to be around the thick of things. Like they'll always be able to, you know, get win some games. I think they're probably a starting pitcher away from really taking another step. Um, they're a really young team. So, you know, I think that they, as they get healthier, they'll get more and more wins. And I do believe they are a better team than the Padres and they'll leapfrog them for second in the division. Nice. Uh, okay. Um, Butsy, did you give your, your follower yet? I didn't give my second follower. So I obviously have the Sox in my first follower. My second follower, another team in the AL East, is the Rays. The Rays have been able to ball on a budget for the past five years, it seems like. It seems that I know that they actually have some of the smallest cap space in the MLB. They're, however the fuck it works with the free agency, uh, their budget is is very small. But they've been able to, you know, put up some incredible seasons and make some incredible runs deep in the playoffs. But I'm just not high on the fact that they'll be able to consistently do this. I know they're 20 and 21 right now, which is pretty good. And they got a lot of great uh, pitching. But it's just, I don't know if they can just continue this um, – this ball in the budget kind of kind of way about them and just continue to make deep playoff runs when they don't have, I know they have some great players that they signed for pretty cheap, but it's just, I don't, I just don't know if they're going to be consistently great again for this year. Uh, I know they've had some obviously great seasons, but this year specifically, I don't, I think that they, they, they eventually, they finally have a fall off year. Five. What do yeah. you think? Uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to count out the Rays until I actually see the Rays. Uh, end up going down um i don't know they always just find a way to find some of the best platoon guys they have great pitching which great pitching and great defense always will secure you wins um so i'm always bank i'm banking on the rays i still think the rays will give a good challenge for that number or uh, first place spot um but to touch on a faller uh i'd like to talk about the angels um Early on in the season, we finally saw them pitching, playing better defense, something that they had lacked in the past. And their starting pitching in bullpen has really taken a tumble. Uh, some of their free agent signings, like Aaron Loop, uh, Ryan Tapera, have really been struggling. Like Noah Syndergaard, Michael Lorenz, and just a lot of their pitchers just have not been pitching well. And this is my biggest concern with this team. And now you're starting to see it. And it's real bummer because you would like to see a team with Otani and Trout in the postseason, uh, two of some of the most electrifying players in the league. So are they? Are they? You don't have them making playoffs. Uh, I, I don't know if they will. How it shakes out um, right now. Look, I mean, get just getting me on the spot. Obviously, I have to look at the standings, but I still do like I like the Yankees and the Rays. To make the playoffs, the Rays is a wild card. Right now, the Angels are slotted in at the at the third spot. I do think that it is a little weaker after them. Like, I don't really see a lot of teams challenging them. Like, I don't believe the Rangers. The one team that could be interesting is the White Sox because they are very banged up. But it's just time will tell. 
Watch out for the Blue Jays there too. Uh, I know we just kind of talked about them as as a riser. I think they could take that race spot honestly by the end of the season if they can if they can uh, you know figure out how to fucking hit the ball. They have studs across the board, so I I would watch out for the Blue Jays to make a playoff run too, or make a run for the playoffs. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you guys have any other Roger followers you want to talk about? I was just going to talk about briefly. Somehow the Orioles are scrappy. <laughs> um, I know they're they're projected to be terrible and they're not great, but they're twenty one and thirty. I think that's better than people would have projected them. Uh, projected the record within the first fifty games. So, you know, they just took three out of the five against the so- against the Red Sox, I think. Um, and they've beat the Yankees a couple times. They beat the Rays a couple times. So, this Orioles team, man, I know they're terrible and they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're winning some games that they fucking shouldn't. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for, um, for our baseball segment. Uh, I hope, you know, if you guys like listening to baseball that uh, your, your minds were filled with insightful information from our, from our experts.